got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the war. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Yeah. Hi, welcome to this episode of Put That Coffee Down. My name is Kevin Hill here with Tim Dooner, as always. How are you doing today, Tim? <laughs> What's happening, Dooner? man? How are you doing today? I don't know. <laughs> I, I commit on, on using your first or last name. Uh, you can go with Dooner. Uh, do, do you, I was going to say, I do you need to pick that coffee up, my friend? I do. I do. I don't know why I'm trying to call you Tim. I never call you Tim. Hey, man, I'm excited. It's all Dooner. I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about improv, pulling up the LinkedIn comments right now. Got you, got you all up here, fired in. Kevin, before we get into that, though, I saw this question online, and I know that you play golf, so I was going to ask you this one here. This is a bit of like the prisoner dilemma. I, it probably has some other name in game theory, but it goes like this. You get one putt, and audience, answer to. You can do a three-footer for 50000 a five-footer for 100000 a 10-footer for 250000 20-footer for $1 million, or a 50-footer for $5 million. Which shot do you take as you only get one? I think this goes with, with prospect theory as well, or loss aversion. That they all kind of blend in to get together after years uh, of learning these things. But if you ever see me putt, you'll know that I'll take the three-footer. The three-footer, really? A, a three-footer, yeah. All right, he's going for the 50K. You're staying, you're staying safe. I think I'm that, safe. like, what I would do is my eyes would get too big, and I would go for, like, I would do something stupid, like take the 10-footer, something I couldn't hit at all. That doesn't even like give me the five million. That's exactly what I would do. True. I mean, I've, a fifty footer. The odds of anyone hitting a fifty footer, or, 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 you know, even if you're in the PGA, it, it's it's very tough. Even a twenty footer is, is tough. So, uh, I'll do I'll do what the prospect theory says, or, or loss aversion. I I think they're about the same theory. It, it seems like half the time. Uh, but I would take the three footer. I the surest thing I could do to to get fifty k. Yeah. Well. Yep, I think you'd hit it too. So I'm excited for today's show. So we're going to be talking about improv. Improv is something, like I studied at the Improv Asylum in Boston about a decade ago. And I went on the advice of a therapist I had at the time who was like, it'll help you with social anxiety, it'll help you with public speaking and all of those things. And I've been a big fan of it ever since. So when I saw, when I moved out to Chattanooga and I saw we had Improv Chattanooga here, started doing this show, Kevin, I thought it only natural to bring some of the skills that I learned from improv. And I think that translate, once we go through the rules, you'll see how well they translate to doing sales calls, right? To doing those sales in-person visits where you have no idea what the person across from you may ask you. Yeah, exactly right. So intuitively, I think we all know that improv skills will help you in your sales, adaptability, flexibility, being able to respond to uh, to, to responses or, or situations that, that seem to come out from, from left field. But I, you know, I didn't really connect all the dots. And so I started doing research for this show. And, and a large part of that research was going back in and watching whose line is it anyway. Mm. Uh, from was that from the 2000s or was it even older than that? It's now? been running up until I I think recently almost. So we have some people yeah, in the comments. Seasons. We have some people in the comments. Sheena Dave she says hi guys. Lisa Turville hi guys. Denise Carrera happy Wednesday. Haiti she says greetings. Christopher C says hey guys. Uh, agent with Admiral Merchants Open Deck Company. Well, that's pretty cool. Love to learn more about that. KC three's going for the three footer all day. Zach Coldiron, he says, pro wrestling and improv, very similar. Yeah, I highly agree. Zachary mm -hmm. Ramirez says, what muscle have you exercised the most if, you only, if you're practiced in the 10-footers? Go get it. So he's saying whatever he's best at shooting, 
Uh, Lisa Patty, good morning. Matt Henning, best ball scramble in the Nuga in 2021? What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, oh, by the way, here we go. We have a sales hot tip. We also saw this one online. Sales hot tip. Boom. All right, this one was from Kyle Coleman. I thought this was really cool. He's the VP of Revenue Growth and Enablement at, what is this company? Clary. And he says that one of the things he likes to do for sales calls, he tells people to do, is he puts a fresh roll of quarters on his desk every morning. And then each phone call he makes, each cold call he makes, he throws a quarter into the bucket, regardless of the outcome. It's just about making calls. And then he takes that bucket and he goes and spends it on whatever he wants. So there's a little bit of reward involved and he's really pushing the numbers without tying to the need of having a successful call. And I think that's a really, really good strategy. I love this idea. I, I can't believe I've never heard of this before or, or even thought of it myself. Just the, just I, I can as, as soon as I read it, I could hear the quarters just hitting the bucket every time, every time. And if my Oklahoma math is right, you know, a $20 roll of quarters is, is what, 80 quarters? Something. So that's 80 calls a day. You just just plunking them in, you know, and I guess maybe you can do a three foot, five foot. 10 foot kind of chunk oh. or, or basket in there to, to make it really loud Do depending s- on, you know, if it's a success, successful call or not. Oh, you do, you're not tying it into that question about the putt. You don't get X amount money more depending on the distance you no. have to hurl that quarter. No. Okay. No, but you know, basically the more successful call, the, the, the longer or, or maybe the less successful call, the, the, the longer you have to throw. Maybe you set up buckets all around you. Look, Sheena and Chris say they love that idea. Yeah, I think it's a great one, too. I wish I had thought of it. Uh, again, that was from a guy who's full of great ideas, Kyle Coleman. Look him up on LinkedIn. Kyle Coleman, VP Revenue Growth and Enablement at Clary. He has other uh, great solutions like that. We got to throw a quarter in our tip gup cup though hubtran is causing an efficiency revolution in the transportation back office hubtran automates invoice processing customer billing and document management with ai and ocr technology leaving more time for your teams to focus on what really matters and you know what that is increasing your business's profitability to learn more kevin hill what do they got to do they got to go to hubtran.com nice nailed it not dot org dot com .io.com. All right, man. So here's a little bit of Today in Bad Marketing, too. Today. It's today. Today, today, today. Okay, so this one is another situation where it's not really even the company's fault, right? It's more internet trolls. This happened with... Yeah, it's not their fault at all. With Wayfair. So in July 2020, some social media users accused the furniture store Wayfair of using furniture, high-end furniture, to traffic children. And this all came... This was, like, not from an investigative report. It wasn't a journalist. It was a post on the Reddit conspiracy message board and someone saw a $10,000 cabinet, right? And they were like, there's no way a cabinet could cost $10,000. They probably only shop at Ikea. But <laughs> it turns out it's like, it, it's there's the wafers like, no, this is a high-end like industrial cabinet. But they had to take the item off the site because they're getting so harassed by people saying that this particular item was used to traffic children. It, why? I don't understand why people believe some of these things. I don't know. Is that the actual channel, the Reddit conspiracy theory channel? Yeah, yeah. Is there's that, a, there's like a, a, a is that the page. There's a subreddit for conspiracies, and it's for like conspiracy theories. So 
I mean, it was in the right place. It's a conspiracy. It's completely made up, though. It's fabricated. But these things tend to take a life of their own on websites but, like uh, Twitter. That they do. And, and you have down here as well, if this is true, right? You always find that in, in conspiracy oh, theories, yes. right? If this is true. Just asking yes, questions, yes. Kevin Hill. Just asking questions. I know. Just asking questions. Just want to get to the truth. What would happen if you sent so, them in a high-end furniture store? I don't know. It's all everything's expensive there. I guess so. It'd be like it was like Pizzagate all over again, but it was like Wayfair Gate with a uh, with a bureau. Uh, another situation though, where the internet just kind of making something out of nothing, and I don't know. Like it doesn't seem like Wayfair was taking it overly seriously because how can you? But they did take the bureau down, so some seller can't sell their uh, their bureau anymore. I guess not, and I, I guess the description didn't really match, or that's what they said. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's just strange how the, these internet trolls just create this life of their own and uh, and destroy brands for no reason whatsoever. By the way, I got a little uh, here. I got a sound for you, Cold Iron, our, our wrestling fan of the group. There we go. We're rings a bell because it's time to get into the main topic here. We're going to be talking about improv and we start this by doing some quotes. Kevin Hill. The first one is the improviser has to understand that his first skill lies in realizing his partner's imagination. Just switch partner with prospect. Right. And that, that is, is from, right. From Keith Johnstone. That is right. One of the fathers mm-hmm. of improv of improv's rules. Keith Johnstone. It kind of reminds me, too, of, of the old saying, I, I think con artists use it a, a little bit, is to, to make to, 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 to basically frame things to where it's your prospect's idea. To make them think it's their idea, they take ownership of it, releasing their imagination. Let them take control of it. Yes. That makes sense? Yes. Sure does. All right. Yeah. The rules of... You want it, to take this? I'll take it. The rules of... You take the last one. The rules of improvisation okay. apply beautifully to life. Never say no. You have to be interesting... You have to be interested to be interesting, and your job is to support your partners, and that is from Scott Adzit. Very good advice. If you're not interested in something, you're not going to be interesting to other people, right? Now, Tyler Mutt says, well, there was also a pillow for $10,000, and Matt Henning said, cancel culture wins again, even if it's just a conspiracy. I mean, yeah, I guess against furniture, right? I guess so. The third quote and final is the thing about improvisation is that it's not about what you say. It's listening to what other people say. It's about what you hear. And that's from Paul Merton. Right? I have no idea who that is. I know, but aren't, aren't, these all, aren't these all quotes and concepts about improv things that apply to sales and to sales calls in terms of listening, being an active listener, and focusing on what the mm-hmm. person across from you is saying to you instead of trying to get out whatever you've rehearsed before you walked into that room? You're exactly right. So it's about what they say and how you respond to, to what they say, your listening skills to be able to go in and build value on what they're looking for. Yes, sir. All right, man, let's talk a little bit about the rules of improv before we call our guests up here. But according to David Alger of the Pan Theater, the first 10 improv rules are, and Kevin Hill, you, uh, you haven't done improv before, have you? At least you haven't done it professionally or in any schooling? I have not. I have a very limited knowledge of improv. Uh, maybe two hours of watching Whose Line Is It Anyway from, from last night. So uh, this is all kind of new to me. And uh, but but I, I after reading everything, kind of doing some a little bit more research this morning, it applies very well to sales. 
So the main concept of, of improv, rule number one, the rule that it goes through almost any scope of improv that you do is yes and. And you want to say yes and. You don't want to say yes but or, or no but because those are challenges. And you got to understand, too, when you're doing something, when you're on, and I'm going to apply this to sales calls. When you're on, on a sales call, you don't necessarily want to challenge a person right out of the gate, especially if they're offering you information. You know, you might want to say yes, but and then you yes and and you reframe it to whatever they're sort of asking you there. And that's where the yes and comes from. And in the concept of improv, where that scene comes from, it's sort of like if someone throws a scene idea out there, okay, we're at a basketball game, then suddenly you go, no, we're at the aquarium. You completely submarine the scene. Where do we go from there? You've just destroyed it. You can do the same thing during a sales call and during a meeting with somebody. You, you can, and it's just positive language, right? Yes, and is, is extending the conversation, and is a positive word, but is a, a negative word, and as soon as you say yes, but you're throwing cold water on whatever your prospect's trying to say. Yeah, that's that's blocking. And one of the things you don't want to bl- do yep. in improv is to to block. So you don't want to change the subject or you don't want to invalidate what your partner's saying. You also don't want to do that during a sales call. And a lot of times reps will do that because the sales, the person across them, the prospect is taking them off script. They're taking them in a direction that they were not prepared to go to. Don't let your fear of lack of preparation force you to put the prospect in an uncomfortable place because the conversation between you and them is all about them. You have to listen. You have to be aware of where they're at. You do. And and it goes back to the famous saying of no battle plan uh, survives contact with the enemy, right? No sales presentation meets contact with the the prospect. They're always going to steer you in a different direction. And uh, and then this way you say yes and and you just kind of go down that road with them and and reframe things in in that point of view yes you also want to add information so you don't want to bring a bunch of buzzwords in there or tell them a bunch of things they 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 already know or that you want to bring some information to the table you want to stay relevant you want to build that information based off what they're saying to you again these are all all these rules are basically based in listening and not negating what someone is saying to you yeah, it's all about being uh, listening so you can be flexible and adaptable to, to what they're searching for, your prospects are searching for, because it's very rarely what you go in there, what, what your key objectives are and their key objectives and how you get to that, that final point is, is usually uh, not aligned, right? So being able to be an active listener, to, to follow the road that they want to go down and, and join them is, is very valuable for sales. I like what Allie McKee, she wrote this on Medium. She said that she was talking about the difference between buyer persona and the point of view. She says, a persona is the aspect of someone's character that is presented to or perceived by others. Improv, though, is about character, and every good character has a point of view, which is that character's particular attitude or the way of considering a matter. If you want to really connect with a prospect, start with their persona to guide you, but you have to be able to dig deeper and exercise talking to the, the prospect, listening to them, learning to speak their language, and being that chameleon that we always talk about that's where that dialogue really comes in and figuring out their point of view that's the voice you want to speak to so what you're saying Tuner, is the persona is is where you start mirroring a little bit you know you take a take on you kind of mirror their body language their tonality their their personality so you can get to the to the real character what they're really looking for is I mean, that I'm talking about like persona. Persona would be like purchasing manager at Wayfair you're seeing on there. So you're already Mm pre-designing what that person may think, what 
what their their actions, what their attitude towards the world may be. What Point of View is talking about is actually finding out what that is instead of just looking at their, their job title or their name and using bias or whatever stereotype there may be to try and guide the conversation that way. So that's what they mean in that sentence. And again, that's making you do the harder work. That's forcing you not to over-prepare beforehand, but to actually prepare in the moment to understand what people are saying. To get some deeper insight in this, though, let's call up Steve Disbro. He's the Diz over at Chattanooga Improv. We're going to dial him up right now. He's going to run us through some improv exercises for sales, guide us through uh, through all this stuff. Uh, Kevin, it's been about a decade since I have done improv, so... Um, I'm a little rusty as well, although I guess you could say that what the truck put that coffee down, what we're doing on Freightways is improv in and of itself. Hey, it's the Diz. Hey. It's the Diz. Hey. Hey, Tim. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, you are on the line with, and on the air, too, with Kevin Hill and Dooner on Put That Coffee Down. You are Stephen Dizbro, also known as the Diz. He's a co-founder okay. and current artistic director of Improv Chattanooga. Thank you so much for joining us today. You are very welcome. I'm very glad to be here. Now, before we jump into it, tell us a little bit about Improv Chattanooga. How long have you been around? What kind of programs does your team over there offer? Who do you train? Those kind of things. Ooh, well, um, I've been doing improv uh, since 2002. I got uh, I got involved with uh, Runs with Scissors, as they were called at the time, um, with my uh, f- uh, partner, Kevin Bartolomucci, who moved away to uh, the far west a couple of years ago and has recently moved back. I'm not sure where he's at right now, but I think he's in Georgia somewhere. But uh, in 2015, I think, or 2014, we rebranded as Improv Chattanooga. We've been offering classes for folks. And uh, uh, we, we had a theater, of course, before all this uh, pandemic stuff happened. And we, uh, we had shows every week, four shows a week. And, um, but we're about to start offering online classes again. Um, so uh, folks that are interested in that. Um, just follow us on Facebook. Just look for Improv Chattanooga or go to our website, ImprovChattanooga.com. Wow. And Kevin Hill, Emily Zink says that his dog has a beautiful smile. Yes, my dog. <laughs> that is, that is, that is Jack Jack, the destroyer. He, uh, he, uh, he, he, he's, he's a fantastic little dog and he's, he's gone. He's, he's not here in the room with me anymore. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that got dark quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, no, no. no. no, no. I mean, he, he left the he left the room probably to go pee on something. That's what his job is. Right? Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant he went like over the, the the pet rainbow. Oh, oh, to visit? No, to visit the uncle upstate? No, 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 no. He's okay. just he's just a, a he's just a wee ball of pee, and he goes to pee on things at random. I saw Kevin's face. Kevin so. thought he was on the uh, he was on the big farm in the sky too. I, I, I did. I oh did. no! I was about to say sorry and condolences. <laughs> No, 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 no. He, we, my wife and I are fairly certain he's a vampire dog. We, there's a one of the very, very, very first color photographs that was ever taken was of a French uh, lady aristocrat holding a dog that looks exactly like him. Oh wow! So time traveling yeah. pets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A vicious, bloodthirsty hound. So, Steve, this is a, a sales podcast, and, and we're, we're talking about improv today, uh, you know, how improv can enhance our sales skills, and just want to see how you've been able to translate improv and your improv training into the sales world. Um, well, um, I use it to uh, keep my clients entertained. That's one thing for <laughs> sure. Um, we, uh, you know, it, it's never a boring meeting when you're uh, when you're able to to roll with the punches, and that that's one of the things that improv allows you to do is to roll with things. 
um, the the central tenet of improv can be summed up in two words: yes and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just means that you're respecting the reality of whatever situation it is that you've been that you find yourself in, and you roll with it. You say yes to whatever comes your way, but you also you give something back. You give a little bit back. The and part. And that uh, is very helpful in a, in a sales or a, or a negotiating environment. Um, yeah. Now, the, in that environment, though, yes doesn't mean capitulation mm-hmm. necessarily. It means I hear you. You know, it, it means, okay, you want, I, I hear what you want. And maybe I can give you this. And maybe we can do this other thing that's good for me. So, yes, and uh, in an improv sense can lead to some insanely bizarre situations and, 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 and shows, but in a sales environment, it just means that you're listening to the person across the table from you or on the other end of the zoom call. And you're, ta- you're, and, and once you're heard, once they know that you've heard them, that generally makes them a lot more receptive to hearing what you tack on when you reply and let's do this, you know, for my end of things. So, uh, before you came on, we were talking a little bit about yes and and some of the basic rules, the basic tenets of that. And a lot of it has to do with active listening, building upon what your partner is yeah. saying to you. We were talking to the, the context of how you would use that during a, uh, a sales meeting, during a sales call, during some sort of sales pitch where you're being questioned with, with areas or things you might not be prepared for. So what are some of the, what are some of the basics of improv? What are a couple of things Kevin should know before we do a few exercises here? Well, I mean, uh, yes, and is the summation of when when we started teaching improv and improv Chad knew that we we started at first from the from the, the very basic yes and uh, tenant. Um, but when you break that down, there are other rules underneath that. It's like digging down into an atom. There are actually other things inside the atom. Um, the first and foremost rule of improv is listening. And that is the most fundamental thing of all. And I'm sure, I mean, it's the same with a sales call or, or being in a meeting. If you're not listening and it's your turn to speak and you've not been listening, it's very apparent very quickly that you weren't listening. Um, and that can be, you know, that could be devastating in a, in a, in a stage scene or in a sales meeting. Um, so listening is the number one tenant of improv. Um, and it's really probably the most uh, relevant to the sales environment. Um, the, the next tenant that we uh, focus on is respect the reality of the scene. Yeah. So, um, you know, if if your scene partner comes in and, say, and says to you, hey, well, we're it's a great day to be a unicorn on Mars. Well, then, by golly, you're a unicorn on Mars and you have to respect that and you have to see how that plays out. Ooh. That's not really going to happen in a sales meeting, hopefully. But, you know, you have to go in and you have to respect the reality of the client that you're sitting down with. You have to be versed in what it is they need, what their wants and needs are. And you have to be able to work inside that environment and, and listen to them. And, and, and as you respect their reality, that helps you establish that rapport with them that you further strengthen with the yes and tenant, which nope. is on top of all that. Now, Kevin Hill, Kevin, if I am a unicorn on Mars, I want torrents of glitter to be just, just, you know, emitting out of me like a big trail across the sky, uh, like a Epic Nyan cat. <laughs> well, Steve says that, that 
you probably won't run into a unicorn on Mars in a sales meeting, but I've been in a few sales meetings where that's more of a reality or in this real world than what they're asking for, or what they're wanting, right? <laughs> uh, exactly. Deliver would be a little bit more than a unicorn on Mars. I, I do have a quick question on active listening, and it's something that everyone has an issue with, I have an issue with, is that inner voice of preparing what to say as you're listening and I, I feel a little bit nervous because we're going to do some improv mm -hmm. uh, exercises. And how do you control that, that, that voice of how you're going to respond and, and kind of subdue that um, while you're really active listening? I think that 99.9% that .9 of the, the world population has a, a real issue with that. Well, what you're talking about there, what we call that being in your head. So instead of listening to your scene partner, what you're doing is you're thinking, oh, my God, the next thing I say has got to be funny. Or, oh, my God, the next thing that I say has got to close this deal. Um, don't do that. Just just listen to what they're giving to you. And um, that that's and I know it sounds simple, but as you point out, it's insanely difficult because you are you've got all these different scenarios running in your head both for, you know, the improv scene and or the sales meeting. And these things are running in your head and running in your head. And, oh, my God, they've stopped talking. It's time for me to talk. What do I say? I wasn't listening. I was in my head. So you have to really tamp that down. And, 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 and you'll find that if you do actively listen and you're not letting that little hamster in your head run away with your thoughts, um, then when they're finished talking, you just, stop and you've heard everything that they've got to say. So you stop, you take a deep breath, and then is when you formulate your response. And in an improv scene, we tell people to just say what your character would say, mm -hmm. you know? And if you, if you go into your, and it, it, at that point, as you get better and better at that, saying what your character would say becomes second nature. It becomes very, very simple. Um, but it does take practice. It does take training, which is why we, you know, have classes and do shows. Um, that's making the decisions, right? When, it is. That's making that scene decision. So someone's like, you are a unicorn in Mars. You very quickly have to decide what kind of unicorn you are, what that point of view is. You can evolve it during the scene, but you've got to run with it. And you got to just sort of pick that that perspective. Exactly. One rule I was always taught at Improv Asylum was never, never go for like the, the obvious funny. Don't sit there trying to deliberate over a joke. No. Instead, think about how to build upon the scene that's happening and be in the moment with it and, and move that one forward. I'm going to test exactly. the, I'm going to test our, our live audience real quick though. See how many of you are listening. So you guys in the comments here on LinkedIn or, or Facebook, by the way, thanks for joining us, Chris Jolly and uh, Mike Buxton. Um, have you guys ever done improv before answer below in the comments? Okay. We'll get back to them before, no. before that though. So let's, do you want to do some exercises? Kevin Hill, do you feel that you are prepared and ready enough to try an exercise? Not in the least bit, not whatsoever, but I will do one. It's on. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. All right. What can we do? What, what's, what should our first exercise be? Um, well, a simple, the simplest exercise we could do is a four line sync. It's where, uh, will this be myself and Kevin or you and Kevin doing these or you and I, who, who will be doing? This? Okay. You're the pro. So you and Kevin can do the first one. Okay. Okay. So what you'll do is you'll give us a word. And then I will say a line. Kevin will respond with a line. I will say a line. Kevin will respond with another line. And then that's it. It's four lines. Now, a line can be something as simple as yes 
or no, or it could be, you know, I really did enjoy the, the food that you made last night. I hope that we can have that again. So a line is just a block of speech that you're going to give to your scene partner. So does that make sense, Kevin? It does. Yes. Okay. And by the way, a lot of people, okay, so, a lot of people in the comments failed really quick. A lot of them wrote never, not yet. No, if they were paying attention, they would have known to write yes. end. so, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Tim, you just give us a word and then, uh, Kevin, if it's okay, I'll start the scene and then you just respond and we'll go back and forth we'll two keep, times for a total of four lines. We'll keep it simple. Coffee. Okay. Honey, this coffee is wonderful. Is it a new brand? It is a very new brand. It is made uh, from the, the shores of Costa Rica organically. Oh, Costa Rica and organic. I love when we went down to Costa Rica, we had such a good time. And I love organic. You know that. Thank you. Yes. And basically, it's, it's, it's grown on both sides of the coast, the Pacific and Atlantic. They both have different flavors. And there we go. Nice. Yeah. All right. Now Kevin, it- you just did some improv. I, I did. Yes. Unfunny improv, but improv <laughs> nonetheless. Right. No, let, let me stop you right there uh, to, okay. to reinforce what Tim was saying. We tell our students as well, never look for the cheap laugh, never go for the funny. Some of the best improv, and this is the problem with, with improv as, a, as, an art, as an art form, is that people sometimes don't know what to expect because improv can be a lot of different things. It can be hilariously funny, like you might see on a, on a Whose Line Is It Anyway episode where they've taken a two-hour show and edited it down to the 30 minutes of funny stuff. Or it can be a long 30, 40, 50 minute play that is improvised on the spot and has some very heavy and hefty dramatic and emotional stuff. Personally, I, again, I tell my students, don't go for the cheap laugh. If you do, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to correct that. And let's explore the characters and the, and the, and the, the emotion and the, the, their lives. Let's see where these people are at and where they're from. So if it wasn't funny, don't worry about it. It's still improv and it can still be fantastic. All right, Diz, let me try one of these with, with Kevin. I, I guess give me a word and I'll, I'll, I guess I'll take us off to see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the word is approved. Kevin, your raise has what was been the word? approved. Approved. Yes. Do I start? No, I am. You just interrupted me by asking me what the word was. Though, so. <laughs> All right, let's let's start. Let's start that again. Reset, reset, reset. Tim, you'll go first, and your word is phone. Kevin, I woke up this morning and I got a real problem. Everything I cut is made out of cake, including this phone. Yes, and the phone. I don't know. Uh, everything you made is made out of cake. No, everything I cut open is made out of cake, Kevin. Ah. I do know I had the same problem. Everything I cut open was a coconut pie. Everything you, why is everything we cut open ending up being dessert? I don't know. I think the dessert monster came into our apartments and, and left everything, replaced everything. I don't know. We should film this and put it on Twitter, Kevin. We should. We should make it go viral. Yes, well, it has. You haven't seen that cake video where the guy's cutting open all the cakes? I did, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I did see it because I would have and, no idea what you're talking about if not. Kevin, you don't have to block that. And scene. Yes, Kevin. And scene, and scene. 
right. So what do you do in moments so, like yeah, that I, where yeah. he, you know, someone wants to go, I don't know, or they can't come up with a thought. Instead of saying, I don't know, maybe just throw something out there. Well, if, if, if you're, if, um, there, there are two different sides of that, of course, there's the person that can't come up with a thought and there's the person that's waiting for their scene partner to come up with a thought. Um, uh, if you're the person that can't come up with a thought, just take a deep breath and you know, just think about what you've heard and think about what you or your character would say in response to what you've just heard. If you're the person that's waiting for the thought to come out, um, improv is a team sport, much like I would imagine sales is. Um, every, my job on stage is not to get a laugh. It's to make you get a laugh. It's to make sure that you're the one that delivers the funny line. And your job on stage is to make sure that I'm the one that delivers the funny line. So we have each other's backs in improv. Um, and that's why we call it a team sport. Um, if, you're, if you're doing it right, then everybody's going to get some laughs at the end of the night. Everybody's going to have some emotional moments at the, you know, at the end of the night. Everybody's going to have a scene that they're really proud of at the end of the night. Um, so... If you're waiting on that, then you think about ways that you could help your scene partner. You think about ways that you could support them. Maybe if they're struggling, you walk over to them, you put your hand on their shoulder, uh, you know, once the pandemic's over, and you say, uh, I know what you're thinking, buddy. You're thinking, and then maybe you fill in a little something for them. Um, but you never, you try never to call them out on it. You try never to, to make them look bad. Because, again, it's a, it's a team sport, and we want to build each other up. All right, Kevin, you're ready for another word? I'm ready for another word. <laughs> All right, you lead this one. So you can set the point of view. You, you just take control of it. You take the first word. You open this up. Yeah, Kevin, you, you, go, you, you give us the first line. And your word, is it going to be you and Tim? Yeah, so we'll do it. You give us a word, yep. and uh, Kevin will kick us off. Okay, word is, let me see here, print. Print, P-R-I-N-T. The, the, the numbers are printed in the book of cells. Where did you manage to find a printer in 2020? It was really difficult to find a printer. I had to, to go to about four different places to, to find a printer. I finally found one in the office, but it doesn't work. Did you wear a mask? I did wear a mask, except in the, on air right here. And scene. <laughs> and scene. There we go. I think that was five lines, but well done. Well done. So there you go. It, it's just that simple. Now, we could try something a little bit more interesting if you're interested we yes. could try an actual game called the abc game Ooh, okay that sounds fun just explain the rules and we'll do it the rules are um you you play a scene and, okay you get two things from the audience you get a letter of the alphabet which we will since since this is kevin's first time we'll just start with the letter a and then you get a word that inspires the scene like we've been using words before um so then as you talk back and forth with your scene partner, the next thing that each of you says must begin with the next letter of the alphabet. So if Kevin starts the scene and he says, absolutely, I would love some coffee, then the next person to speak would have to start their sentence with B and then C and then D and so on until you go all the way through the alphabet and you end up back at the letter A. You use the letter A one last time and then the scene is over. All right, let's see how many letters we can go before I, before I this up. <laughs> okay, we do we do play a speed version of this. This is actually um, this is this is the hardest game that we teach in our introductory class. Okay, because it's it's deceptively simple, but it's very very hard. 
So I'll play this. Uh, you and I want to play this, Kevin? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, Tim, you'll just give us a, let, we'll start with letter A. Kevin, I will start the scene. Uh, just give us a word to go from. Tim. Oh, a word, aardvark. All right, Tom, we're going to go to the zoo. Are you got? Are you ready? You got all your stuff packed? So, uh, did, did that start with an A? You got to start with a B, a, the next sentence. Maybe the first word of the sentence has to start with a B. Yes. Correct. Correct. But I'm not wearing any underwear. I'll take over, Kevin, but I'm not wearing any underwear. (laughs) Come on, Tom. You know that you got banned from the zoo for not wearing underwear. We're trying to get you back in. Dude, you know I live a commando life. If I didn't know that, I would want you to wear underwear. I mean, for F's sake, man, I I just try to live free and get the wind between my legs. Good Lord, you've been living free for so long now. You need to grow up. How the hell could you say something like that to me? I said it because I've known you a long time and I know that you need to wear some pants. Jump off a bridge with that logic. I'm never going to be able to get anywhere with this person. (laughs) Uh, Lost. You get lost. Me? Get lost? Me? Really? (laughs) Nobody loves you anymore. Or nobody loves me anymore because I don't wear underwear. Oh, that's very true. I just wish I found out some other way. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you, do, do you want to you give it a shot? Uh, yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll do another shot. All right, Steve, give us a word. Kevin and I will, 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 will do our, uh, we'll try okay. a dynamic duo this one. Okay, um, your word is, let's see here. Um, your word is microphone. Do I start it off, or are you? Yes. Doing it? By the way, the microphones are on the desk right here. I really, I, I, I'm sorry. I thought I thought I was going to give a second, so I had a B word lined up. <laughs> okay. Always, always the microphones are right here. See? How's that? There you go. That works. Continue. All right, what did you say, Kevin? Just start us <laughs> off again. We got to reset Always. this one. Hold, new word, start, start us off at A, Kevin. Huh? New word, new so word, new word. Your new word. Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay, you have a new word, and the new word is camera. As you can see, or maybe you can't see, there's about six cameras right over here, and it's like a, a firing squad these days. Because the cameras are sick of looking at you and having you look at them. Count them, Tim. Count them, Dooner. Six cameras. Dooner doesn't count. (laughs) Every day you don't count. You never count. Four is the highest number I can count to, so I'm already excluded from answering your question about how many cameras are because there's more than I can count. Ghosts are behind the cameras. I can't think of another G word. How many other conspiracies do you believe in? Do you know what's going on in the basement at Wayfair? In the basement at Wayfair, there are bad things happening. Just you wait and see when that dresser arrives. Kevin will wait and see. (laughs) 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 All right. All right. right, uh, uh, That was was good. I like the AB. Actually, you know, that's a really good loosening game because it takes a lot of the pressure of, especially if you're newer to improv, from having to do scene setting and building an entire character and doing that whole 
that whole world building just from the first word, especially when your, your brain's not that wormed. That's a great exercise. I think other salespeople should use that one too. Just with, with uh, your, you, cause you can do that with anyone. You don't even need another salesperson yeah. just to loosen you up from the ABCs and Ds. Yeah, that, that is actually, like I said, that's like the hardest game that we teach in the intro class um, because it is so, uh, we focus really heavily on storytelling improv in, in, in our improv and it is, it is difficult and very satisfying to build a story with rich characters in that game. Um, and it's something that we, uh, that we really love to, to do and see the students really get hold of and, and, and master. It, it's just a, it's a great game. And as you say, it's a great exercise that you can do anywhere with anyone as long as you've got another person. It's a very simple game to explain and a very simple game to play. So that's very was- hard. That was pretty good. So we got we got the four lines one. We have we have the the ABC game. Do we have one more that Kevin and I can can try that that uh, something that sales professionals can do and train with each other? Oh, um, new choice is a, a classic. Um, you've got a bell there, but I'll just say so. What this is is you and Kevin will do a scene. Okay, and occasionally I will say new choice, and you have to back up and take. You have to take back the last thing that you said and make a new choice and say something different. So I like green shoes, new choice. I like blue shoes, new choice. Uh I like wearing a sweater in the summer. Okay. Generally this game, you want to make statements in improv in general. You don't want to ask questions because questions tend to sidetrack things and not move them along. So, but in this game in particular, you want to ask questions because otherwise it's very hard to say new choice to a question. Um, So you want to ask questions and this game sort of follows the rule of three from comedy, uh, where, you know, I like blue, new choice. I like green, new choice. I like apples. You know, you want to, that third time you want to swerve. You want to go someplace completely different, if at all possible. So, um, so here we go. Uh, you guys will do this scene and I'll, I'll say new choice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, your, um, your word to inspire the scene is outlet kevin i can't get i can't stop sticking forks in the outlet forks in the outlet uh, so wait what uh, so there's these outlets that are stuck in a wall so there's you know nikola tesla very popular stuck. so they, they made these they, they have these outlets in the walls now kevin and i keep sticking metal objects in them and i'm electrocuting myself you know what you should do dinner you should use knives instead of forks to stick in the outlet your choice Dooner, you know what you should use you should use uh you should use plasticware to to stick in the outlet <laughs> that's a lot less likely to get me electrocuted you know what though what am i supposed to do with it afterwards well you, you put it in the dishwasher and and reuse it stick it back in there you wash it in the dishwasher and then you stick the the knife back in the outlet that's a good place for them. Where did you get where did you get these wonderful homekeeping tips, Kevin? I got it from Good Housekeeping, the magazine, of course. New choice. New choice. New choice. I, I, I got it from Southern Style, of course. <laughs> <laughs> did you get a, Give us a swerve, Kevin? Give did, us- did you get a free Sports Illustrated football phone when you ordered that subscription? New choice. I did, yeah. yeah. Did you get oh. a free Sports Illustrated tennis shoe when you got that subscription? New choice, Tim. New choice, Tim. Did you get a dresser from Wayfair when you ordered that subscription? <laughs> no, Tim, I got industrial cabinets when I got that subscription. 
$10,000 industrial cabinets. Oh, and what do you keep inside of those? Hmm? And what do you keep inside of those? Well, I, I keep uh, valuable stuff. My jewelry. New choice. New choice. I keep, I, I, I keep my collection of Beanie Babies in there. Wow. You know how much I heard that uh, the, the stock price on Beanie Babies really collapsed after uh, the great stuffy fall of 1999. Patience. New choice. All you need is patience. Patience. The, the, the price will rebound soon. <laughs> all right hey you know th- so these are so these are three really fun exercises so we had we had the hey. what was the four line one we had the abcs and then yeah. we we had these ones and these are and as you guys can see from this you don't have to be uh especially from our example here you don't have to be ready for prime time ready for who lies whose line is it anyway what it's really trying to do it's, it's like stretching your mind right it's like it's getting loose it's doing that yoga that mental yoga to get your head so from being completely locked. Kevin, does your brain feel a little bit more clear now? It does. You know, I mean, it's difficult. It was really difficult the first time. It got a little bit easier, a little bit easier, just like anything in life. The more you do it, the little bit easier it gets. I like the ABC game. Yeah. Because I think that's a really good way to warm up. And the second time, the second round of the ABC game, I I started getting the concept and and, uh, I I just need to continue that on a daily basis. I think it'd pay a lot of dividends. You know what one might be a good turn on that ABC one, too, is to make a sentence off the last the first letter of the last word that they used, because then you got to be really active. Oh, there there are uh, there are a lot of different variations on the ABC game. Reverse ABC game is is a, is a favorite of mine. So there there are tons of them. That sounds like a DUI test from hell. <laughs> Just do the alphabet <laughs> it backwards. It definitely does. <laughs> So, hey, man, we really appreciate your time today. Where do people learn more about Improv Chattanooga? You mentioned you're doing some online courses. We'd love to send some people your way. Let us know. Yeah, um, this uh, uh, you can just find us at improvchattanooga.com. Uh, we do most of our stuff on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Improv Chattanooga. We've got a impro- an Improv Crash course class coming up this Saturday to benefit uh, an educational foundation, that uh, education for the children. It's to raise money for uh, one of our one of our players uh, was a teacher in Guatemala, and it's to raise money for the kids from her class down there uh, to, to help them buy you know clothes and shoes and and, and food during the pandemic. Uh, you can still sign up for that if you go to uh, improvchattanooga. Uh, go to our Facebook page and look for that event. Um, uh, and then we'll be announcing some new classes in the near future um, to follow up on that. And uh, again, just find us on Facebook, and that's where we post most of those things. Thanks, Diz, bro. We, uh, we really enjoyed your time today. Yeah, thanks, Diz. It was, it was a pleasure. Have a good time. Take it easy, uh, my have man. Have a good time. Uh, you too. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Best of luck. See, I mean, improv's not easy. You can't, the first time you do it, you're not going to be like, you're not going to knock out. The, but the point is, you're not really trying to go too hard for like the funny or the joke. You just got to say stuff and run with it. A little harder with a live mic, and you also got to try not to get into too much trouble, but... I, I know, right? And it's it's probably much better to do it in the, in the comfort of your office or, or, or your home with your friends than on live television. Yes. No, I, well, I, I think it, that's part of the fun. I mean, that's part of the whole improv it thing. Is, yes. So I have a question. Now we have a question. Speaking of live audience, we have a question for you guys. So next week on Put That Coffee Down, we don't usually do polls on what topic we're going to do, but we have one for you. There's four choices. Building a remote sales team, selling in the second half of the year, how sales operations help teams focus on execution or selling value versus a product? Leave in the comments below which topic. 
A, B, C, or D, one, two, three, or four, building a remote sales team, selling in the second half of the year, how sales operations helps team focus on execution, selling value versus product. You got to vote. Junior, don't, don't forget. Don't forget. Next week, we have two episodes of Put That Coffee Down. The first one is on Tuesday at some point in the morning. We have 30 minutes uh, during the 3PL Summit at Freight Waves. And if you're not registered for that, go to FreightWaves.com right now and register for that one-day conference. It's a 3PL Summit. And then our regular time at 12 p.m. on Wednesday. And we're going to vote on the, 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 the topic, as you just said, for next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I love the big events. I love the live events. We might be talking about... I don't know, showing a, showing a demo. And we're, we always try to keep it relevant, especially at the live events like this 3PL Summit, especially with the Slack channel going on. We get a lot of new eyeballs and stuff on the show. A lot of people looking at demos. Those are a big part of the show. So uh, I think we may be doing that subject. I oh. think so, too. I, I think it would be very apropos for, for Tuesday is doing live demos. Wow. And Sheena has C. She wants how sales operation help teams focus on execution Whitney says uh, selling in the second half of the year. Stephen Elliott's selling in the second half of the year. Mike says building a remote sales team. And Lisa says building a remote sales team. So, and, and Stephen just is happy we're having two episodes. So, and uh, so am I. <laughs> Michael Caney, he tagged us in the below, right? And it was talking about, yes. he wrote, this is Richard Smith. He said, it's funny, isn't it? All of the closed loss reasons you see in a CRM. Budget, ghosted, no decision, competition, prospect uh, too junior, decision maker not involved, COVID-19, prospect not good enough, product not good enough, Trump by other projects, all the excuses, right? And it says, never have I seen any salesperson put one of the reasons is I wasn't as effective as I couldn't be, or I would put, I didn't yes end enough. I didn't yes and enough. You're, you're exactly right. Once you, I, it, it's really magical. Once you take responsibility for everything, and you take every loss as a learning uh, lesson to, to take on to your your next uh, prospect or, or customer, I, it's, it becomes really freeing and really easy, and you you, you stop. Uh, putting in budgets or, or ghosting or anything, and it's always just not yet. No, just not yet. Yes. Uh, so what, what would your what would your excuse be in there? I mean, one of the reasons is you're not very incentivized. So it's easy to point this out, right, that people don't put that in their CRM. But a lot of managers don't incentivize you to have that kind of honesty. Like usually you put that in. It's just going to come back and bite you in the butt for most managers. who are oh, like, yeah. well, why aren't you? Why do you keep saying you're not good enough by your own admission? You're not good enough. So a little I get what the post is saying, but a little bit unfair to be like, well, why aren't you saying that? Well, no one's going to say it because you're exactly right. I can bite you on the butt, but well, like just take budget. It just means you didn't get creative enough in in your pricing or options or whatever package that, that you put together, uh, or what kind of value you can articulate and and present that didn't meet their budget hurdles. Because everyone kind of has budget, right? Everyone has money to spend. Matt Henning like says ninety nine percent, right? I mean, they really do. Matt Henning says every loss equals learning, except for the fact that we now live in a participation ribbon society. But I digress. I don't, Matt Henning's go. He's going into his own thing over there. I don't know, Matt. I want to see Matt wrestle uh, Cold Iron. We have two wrestlers in the comment section here. I'm going to hit the bell. You two get at it. We're going to we're going to sit back and watch. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa Petty says, yeah, as long as Matt stays off the Reddit conspiracy boards, it, it's cool. I don't know. Maybe he's the one who started that rumor. No, I'm just kidding, Matt. Love uh, you. Maybe. Love you, brother. Uh, let's give a, what book are we giving away today? 
Uh, we are giving away, and I forgot to, I, about half the time I forget to bring it up here to the desk, uh, but it is uh, Never Split the Difference. It's uh, by Chris Voss. It's the, he's an FBI negotiator, hostage negotiator who wrote the, the book on negotiations, and it is fantastic. So we're going to give that away, and then next week hold on. we'll give one it away. At, hold on, one at a time, one at a time. Let's give, let's give the book okay. away. We're giving away. We'll draw for it. It's number 51, and 51 is, who would that be on here? That is Lisa Petty. Oh, and she's in the comments, too. And she also said uh, she needs to Hi. follow up more. Lisa Petty, you won the book about the, from the hostage negotiator. And Kevin's, it was just tossed to Kevin. There it is. Yeah, so it was just tossed. Thank you very much, Connor. He ran out here and got it off my desk. So, yeah, it's Never Split the Difference by, by Chris Voss. It's an excellent book. book. I mean, it just sells negotiations. Uh, it, it's really complete. It's a number one bestseller. It's been been out for a couple of years now. And I'll, you know, next week we'll give it away again. Congratulations, uh, Lisa. Well, and then we have, to, we, we have to give out another extra book because we're at a conference, too. We do, yeah. So it would be two books. So Tuesday it will be this, and then I will have another book on, on Wednesday as yet to be determined. Well, well, and Mike Buxton, he suggests uh, some Jello wrestling. I don't, I don't know what that's going to be all about. We do have some shout-outs here too. Emily Zink said this is going to be fun. She said this before she saw today's episode. We sorry about that, Emily. We would have delivered better. We could have. Uh, Stephen Elliott says, "Oh, I can't wait." Carlin Reeves, she won. Uh, she won the pet drawing last week, right? She had the best pet in the the pet pictures we put up. She said, "Wait, I won something." And then Adam Robinson said, "says You're always winning, Carly." Adam Robinson, by the way, has just joined us, and he's slacking me. I'm like, Adam, I'm on air. You know, <laughs> why don't you watch the show, Adam? Adam Hendrick, Andy Hendrick, he says, uh, caught the replay this morning. Great show. Also great content by Michael Neme and Nicole Barrett. He's talking about last week's show where we talked to Michael Neme about his cold calling, his cold calling strategies. And we talked to Nicole Barrett about where Freight by Nicole was. It was a really insightful interview because Nicole, you know, a lot of times you hear from people in business and they have just done a seed round or they've closed some major deal in business. And Nicole was here to talk about just a setback in starting a new company, which is a very realistic thing that usually is only in the director's cut of the sales movie. You're exactly right. And whether you get a seed round, whether you raise capital, whether you bootstrap things, and, and we both bootstrapped something uh, Dooner, uh in our respective previous lives, uh, it is a lot like trying improv for the first time. It's it's a world that you, is very dark. You, you, you don't know... It's very awkward and dark. You don't have any of the answers, and uh, you feel like you're you're behind the curve all the time. And it was a very real interview with Nicole uh, about those feelings. But the, the more you do it, just like the more you do improv, uh, the better you get at it. When he threw you that book, it jogged my memory, too. And I saw our little, uh, I don't know if production has it available, but can you pop up our little new little, like, side graphic? I don't know. What do you call those things? Bugs? What do you call that little like animated side graphic? Yeah, bugs. So have you seen it yet? The put that coffee down logo like rolls across the screen. You're standing there. I'm standing there. They throw you the hat just like you got that book. We filmed that uh, about a week or two ago. 
We, we did. And someone in the comments, uh, I, I think you know, there's the midday market update yesterday said, I didn't, I can't believe Dooner is so much taller than Kevin. <laughs> and you are taller, but you showed up in platform shoes, I had, man. Yeah, I had like so some. You're like three more inches taller than I am on that bug. Dude, those were, those were some vicious Doc Martens I had on. They were really tall. <laughs> Adam Robinson says he needs a branded hat. Maybe, uh, maybe if we can put a Sonar logo on there too, we can get that. We can get his team to approve that for us. That would be, that would be sweet. Catherine yeah. Whitehouse says, great show. Urban Pause UK says, one saving grace of recent times is getting the chance to spend more time with our furry companions, bringing in some of the dog lovers out there. Chris Jolly says, thank you, Sheena Dave. Great show today, Kevin Hill. Oh, and Timothy Dooner. <laughs> Cut it off. I was like, well, all right. <laughs> I thought I held my own, but maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, Kevin, you did great quarter guys yesterday, right? We did, yeah. So we, we talked a lot about electric vehicles. It's, it's me, Andrew Cox, and Seth Holm, all part of the Freight Intel Research Group here. And uh, we're doing a lot of long shorts, so half an hour of longer short. Are you long this idea or you're short this idea? And Andrew came in with uh, C or No from ESPN. And, you know, do we like this concept? Do we not like it? So we talk about freight, but we talk a lot about uh, just stocks in general and, and, and companies. And we talked about Walmart, uh, Walmart Plus as a competitor to Amazon. So it's a lot of where, as we say, it's where finance meets freight. I dug it, you know, and, and sometimes it's almost like improv. Sometimes you want to go so far from port, so far from port, you don't see the shore anymore. With put that caught, I mean, with great quarter guys, you guys have kind of returned to shore, gone back to the roots, simplified the platform mm-hmm. to go a little bit more about what you guys used to focus on, which was the performance of companies and all that. I love the move. Uh, I love the show. It's super fast paced now. And I like how you move through all the companies really quickly. And your interaction has been up too. I think the audience has been digging it as well. Yeah, you, it's, it, we're trying to get more interactive with the audience. So uh, basically we're going to have debates and that was uh, the favorite part of all of our shows were the, was at the very end where we took, took two or three concepts. Uh, you know, it could be sports, it could be movies, it could be finance, it could be transportation. And all right. we, we just debated long or short. All right. So you're too, 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 you're saying too much. I got to move you on to the improv thing. Cause I got to, I, right? I got to promote a couple more things. Freightonomics coming up today, 2 PM stick, stay tuned for Anthony and Zach Strickland. 4 PM. You got wit sonar with Kyle and Luca Frasca. And then tomorrow at, at noon Eastern time, there's a special called driving diversity hosted by myself and uh, Anthony Smith. We're talking about driving diversity in the supply chain. The people who move the supply chain, talk about the tough top, tough topics and subjects moving us forward. We got a ton of great, guests in line for that one don't miss that show and bring some people who are not typically uh, involved on the freight side into it it's very applicable to companies and what they're doing as well and i hope these these conversations can enlighten some people myself included yeah i think it's gonna be a great show so it's gonna be a great topic and that's what tomorrow at noon eastern time thursday noon eastern time right matt hennig says can you make a bug with Dooner receiving a chair shot i would love that let's do it we will that'll be the next what the truck one uh, or Kevin, I can have Kevin hit me with it to get to get me back for wearing big shoes. Um, you can find this show, put that coffee down your favorite podcast player of choice, or subscribe to Freightcast. Get every single Freightways podcast. You can find me on at Twitter at Timothy Duner. That's D O N E R. Or look it up on LinkedIn. Kevin Hill over there. Find him on LinkedIn. Find him on Twitter. Kevin Hill C L. And all that good stuff. Download the Freightways TV app. Right? What do you got to say, Kevin? You got to say yes and right. Yes and it's all about yes and. John Buglino loved it today, guys. We love you too, John Buglino. Take it home, everybody. Play that theme. Walls out of here.